Dave Moore on Today FM podcast. It's Today FM. It's Dave Moore and Mr. Kevin McAleer sitting across from me. Kevin, how are you? I'm very well. Yourself? I'm great. It's great to talk to you. I've admired you for so long. Um, you've been doing comedy on my TV screens for as long as I can remember. And uh, it's great to finally meet you. But it is sad, as I said there a few minutes ago, that we're, we're coming to the end. But I like the fact that you've kind of embraced it and you're, 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 there's finality to what you're doing. You're wrapping up the career, I suppose. Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting moment for me, mm. you know, and it's a change, you know, because I've been doing it for 40 years. And uh, it's just uh, something I've been half thinking about for a couple of years, you know, it's supposed to start in lockdown when, yeah. when there, were, there was no, there was no gig, nice yeah. thing to be had, you know, and it started a little thought taking in my head about, you know, it just it gives you a kind of a, a perspective, a bigger perspective on what you do for a living. And, totally. Uh, and I hadn't written new stuff for a while and I suddenly started thinking, I think I might just um, draw, draw a line under this, you know, and it and suddenly became very exciting, you know. I started digging into my bank catalogue. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So is that what happens then when you kind of get to that point in your head where you start going, you start looking back on the career, picking out stuff from the back catalogue and realising, maybe finally appreciating how good the stuff you've been. Because I'm sure when you're trying to write the next show on the next show, you're parking the other stuff. You're not really appreciating it. Exactly. Yeah, you file it away in your head, you mm. know, and, and, and kind of forget about it. So it's nice to open, you know, it's like going up into the attic and opening boxes of stuff <laughs> and you've forgotten what's in the boxes even, you know, and but you think... How uh, do you go back? Do, is it genuinely in your head, the mm. old material, or have you got it written down? I have it written down, but it's also in my head. Right. You know, I, I couldn't forget it if I tried, you know, so it's very easy to go back and... Uh, uh, it's all pretty intact, you know. It's uh, a great sign for your mind. I, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, so. Well, it's a sign of how, how often I did it, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. Well, you know. um, um, can you go back in time then? Talk to us about your first kind of experience of stand-up and your first uh, flirtation with it. Where did it, where did it come from? Uh, I started in uh, a basement uh, in a hotel in Harker Street, the Hollywood Hotel. Hollywood Hotel, yeah. Which, uh, does anybody, has anyone ever heard of the I've Hollywood definitely Hotel? heard of it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, you're talking about early 80s uh, and um, it was just, you know, they had a, a, a new comedy club uh, set up where there was an open spot and you could go up and, and try your hand and I, I did that after. And where did you get the bra- bravery and even the idea to do that? Uh, Guinness. <laughs> the, the cause of and solution to all of the world's problems. Yeah, my bravery was sponsored by Guinness, <laughs> uh, and yeah, and I didn't, I didn't manage it the first night. You know that I thought of it. You know there was quite a quite a few uh, bouts of Guinness involved over the weeks. You know, right I mean, to get yourself before up. I reached a tipping point where mm. I I crossed the, the the floor and got up uh, across that chasm, that vast chasm between the. The audience and, and, the, and stage. the stage, yeah. yeah. And did it immediately then have the excitement and addictive thing that it has for comics? Yes, I got a few laughs, you know, against yeah. all the odds because I didn't know what I was going to say when I got up there. Oh, you had no routine ready. You were just going to try your hand. Yeah, and, yeah, it was a big enough challenge to to get up there and stand in front of a microphone. You know, the, the, that was the least of my worries about what I was going to say. But I, I said a few lines and um, got a laugh here and there, you know, and I thought, hmm. Something here. I seem to be. Uh, I seem to be floating here. You know, <laughs> it was like uh, diving in and and, just, and discovering you could swim a little bit. You know, it was a very exciting moment. And did you then start putting a set of sorts together from that moment? Yeah, there was a comedian on one of the regular comedians. Who, they were bringing them over from London because there weren't a pool of local ones. Mm. 
he came up to me, a guy called Oscar McLennan, he said, you've got something there, you know, you could work on that. And that, it was very astute of him for one thing, yeah. because there wasn't a lot to go on. Also, no, I love when I hear stories of someone like that who might be a bit more established, but offers, you know, a piece of advice that can really motivate someone. It was priceless. Like, I, I mightn't have um, tried again, you know. Mm. It was priceless, the encouragement. And also that he noticed that I had someone. Yeah. There wasn't many clues there, you know. Mm. But I took him at his word and went home and wrote stuff. Uh, you know, I wrote stuff. I was so excited. I could hardly sleep. Yeah, I could imagine. And came back the next week with maybe 10 minutes of material. And it grew from uh, there. Yeah. Was your style always the same? Because one of the things that I loved about you the most watching you on telly was things like the the pacing at which you do things. The, there were po- pregnant pauses and they seemed very deliberate, but they added so much to the hilarity of what you were doing. That's always my memory of you in terms of style. Was that always there? I think in the early days it was me trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> What's what, the punchline of this what one? What was in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was a very early line I had where I said, you, uh, I've, I've lost my train of thought and there mightn't be another one for half an hour. And I, st- I still use that, you know. Rightly, rightly so. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. it's, unfortunately, it's still relevant today. And it builds a bit of tension as well, which is always good. As totally. Long as, as long as you dissipate it. You know? Yeah. And then when you've gone back over the stuff to try and, because the, the shows that you're doing in, in, in Vicar Street and in Belfast, those shows are the best of what you've done over the years. So you're going to cram in your best bits, but can they really be crammed into the length of show that you could do over one night? Uh, not all of it, but uh, I, I've just uh, gone through what comes to mind. What comes to mind. Right. As I say, I just opened the door to all these different shows and threw it all up in the air and uh, just uh, whatever way it landed, that's what would come out of my head. Yeah. It's exciting, you know. It must be, it must be. Well, One for the Road live at Vicker Street is April 11th. Uh, tickets on sale, the 30 euro now, ticketmaster.ie, you want to get your hands on that. And then I believe the Belfast show was originally Mandela Hall, but sure the demand was too high you have to move it. Yes, they moved it to Whitlow Hall, which is a, a, very, a much bigger place. And there I might, you go. I might need binoculars to see. It's <laughs> a great sign though. People in the back row, but hopefully I'll be able to hear them laughing. It's great to talk to you, but it's also great Great to have a chat with Uncle Colm. Um, when when did you first get an inkling that there was there was a show being made that might suit you uh, and your and your delivery style? Yeah, I'm tempted to uh, to go into my Uncle Colm yeah. delivery there. I'm gonna be here all day. Yeah. But um, I I was sent a bit of script by uh, you know the casting director sure. of Dairy Girls, uh, a very small excerpt of a of a script. And uh, it, uh, I read about, you know, 20 words of it and uh, just was so taken by it that I thought I'd love to do that, you know, and uh, sent them a little self-tape. Oh, right. Of, OK. Of me, of me doing it. Yeah. Uh, I was actually reading it off the screen of my computer, which probably helped. It did. Me. Yeah, you got the camera pointing at you and you can. Well, it looked even more vacant than usual, <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> And uh, they liked it and the rest is history. It is history. Lisa is just, I mean, it's such a perfect show what Lisa's created there. But yeah, but your character, like, you know, he <laughs> he just adds so much to any scene he's in. Like, and what I love about it is other people have the comedic lines around it, but you walking in, like, like almost... You're like in basketball terms. You're assisting them to slam dunk the jokes home, but it's because of the way you do, you you bring the life to that character. Yeah, I mean, it starts with the writing. It's so beautifully written. Yeah, you know, and the, when you're when you're learning those lines, and that was a new experience for me, having to learn lines word for word. 
But when you do that, it helps you to appreciate even more the poetry of mm. her writing, mm. the pace of it. It's word perfect. You know? It is. So it's a pleasure to deliver it, you know. Well, we're so glad you did, Uncle Colm. I mean, the, the text flying in on 0874100102. People just want to talk to Uncle Colm all day. Um, before I let you go, I'm, I do a thing with every guest I have called the quick fire round. I just throw a question at you. Just throw your answers back to me. No need to even think about it. What are you currently obsessed with, Kevin? I have to think about that. <laughs> uh, I'd like to say myself uh, and, and my shows. Well, I suppose uh, in some ways you would be at this point. I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm obsessed with my retirement. Yeah. And have you got plans for the actual retirement? Like once you once you do this, is there, are you a pottering around the garden kind of fella? Or are you, I'm going to learn 17 languages and fly to Peru. I mean, what's, what's, what's the uh, retirement looking like for Kevin? I do potter around the garden, but uh, in terms of what I might do next work-wise, you know, like uh, I... I've got lots of bits of writing, you know, mm. here and there, written down on scraps of paper and notebooks over the years. But uh, I'm going to leave that just to simmer in the back of my head for as long as it takes, you know. And then, um, you know, there's no hurry to, to go and look at it, but sure. I will look at it eventually. I'm sure you will, yeah. See what else might be in there. <laughs> uh, who's the most famous person in your phone? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee. Yeah. Brilliant comic, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good answer. Um, think back to when you were in national school. Uh, so you're about eight years old. What school would you have been in then? I would have been in Drumduff uh, Primary School in Tyrone. In Tyrone, okay. So uh, in Drumduff, did you bring a lunchbox to school? And if you did, what was in it? Uh, uh, no, we had school dinners. You had school dinners, okay. All right. Yeah. So what, what was on the menu? Um, meat and two veg, really. Oh, really? Was that serious, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Mice, mice potato, very lumpy mice potato. <laughs> Not particularly well matched. I remember I found a caterpillar in my <laughs> potato. Did you really? And uh, I went up and uh, showed it to the dinner lady and the teacher was really cross and told me to sit down and eat it. Eat the caterpillar! Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I suppose nowadays insects are full of protein, we've learned. Uh, and the final question, Kevin, I ask all my guests, and I understand this is a little strange, but please go with me for a second. Because I don't. Do you wash your legs in the shower? Uh, I do. You do? You scrub your legs? Uh, I wouldn't scrub them, right? but, but uh, I would wash them gently. Okay. <laughs> Fair play. You're a cleaner man than I am. Uh, Kevin McAleer, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, go see One for the Road live. Vicar Street, April 11th. Belfast, Whitlow Hall, the 21st of April. Tickets on Ticketmaster.ie. Kevin, an honour to meet you. Thanks so much for coming in. Good to be here. Dave Moore. On Today FM. Podcast.